This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Top Stories, it's producer Chris. Today we're going back to October 2008 and Sarah Palin's big moment, bringing Folksy to the vice presidential debate. Well, it's better than Goatsy. It's issue 47, Sarah Palin, one giant leap backwards for humankind. Top Story this week and the VP debate. I, I was at the VP debate last night, Andy, and... Now, it was the most anticipated debate of all. Now, why would that be, seeing as the VP debate is historically an utterly meaningless (laughs) charade? Well, it was largely due to the fact that Fox and other channels described it as a potentially gaff-filled gaff-fest. That was was Fox specifically. A gaff-filled gaff-fest, which which led to this atmosphere of people anticipating a mixture of Ultimate Fighting Championship (laughs) and the Hindenburg. (laughs) And did it live up to that, John? Well, it's hard to say, Andy. It depends what you judge these things on. I mean, in terms of flag pins, I don't know if you noticed, there was absolutely no contest. It was right. paling all the way. Hers was bigger than Biden's, a lot shinier than Biden's, and quite a lot more flamboyant than Biden's. If you judge a vice president by their flag pin, and incredibly, some people do here, then it was Palin's night, Andy, all the way. Um... So I, I, watched, uh, I watched the debate. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning UK time, so I was a little bit sleepy, and I spent most of the debate drifting to sleep, only to be woken by what I assume was the sound of my wife doing some sawing and drilling upstairs. <laughs> uh, maybe she was making me a surprise bench. But it later turned out that that was just Sarah Palin talking. And then I yes. would slowly drift off to what I assumed was the soothing sound of a distant washing machine gently rumbling away. <laughs> but it later turned out to be Joe Biden talking. And so it continued for the next 90 minutes. Everyone was expecting an absolute car crash from her, and uh, they, they low-balled people so much that this morning uh, on CNN, one of the supporters said, she hit a home run, audible comma, she talked in complete sentences. <laughs> wow, that home run wall has come in a long way, hasn't it? <laughs> you can almost touch it. <laughs> Well, it's quite cunning tactics by Palin to lower expectations before the debate. I had a look at that interview with uh, Katie Couric when Palin did look like a malfunctioning robot about to start fizzing. I think one more tricky question, and she could easily have pulled out a tranquilizer gun, shot Couric in the neck, and then dragged her off to a secret lair. Um, but I guess what this debate showed is that... I mean, she did pretty well considering that top-level politics is a brand-new hobby for her. And I've also come to understand how she got her nickname of Barracuda, uh, in that she knows very little about major political issues and is particularly shaky on foreign policy. (laughs) Just like the Barracuda. 
I had a, a particularly awkward moment in the spin room afterwards, Andy, when uh, Fred Thompson, uh, the ex-presidential candidate and uh, current actor, uh, said, those who make fun of Sarah Palin should be absolutely ashamed of themselves if, indeed, they have the capacity for shame. <laughs> and then he and everyone around him turned and looked at me. <laughs> Hold on. I do have the capacity for shame. I mean, certainly it's not large enough to include any of my behaviour surrounding that. <laughs> Uh, what I was fascinated by, John, was it only took Sarah Palin 15 seconds of her first answer to talk about sport, mentioning uh, a kid's soccer game, saying if you turn to parents uh, on the touch on a kid's soccer game and ask how they feel about the economy, I bet you, quotes, you're going to hear some fear in that parent's voice. Uh, well, no, Governor Palin, you're not going to hear fear. What you're going to hear is annoyance. You're probably going to hear them say... But out of it, Governor Palin, I'm watching my kid playing football. Knock it long, son! Knock it long! What do you mean, how do I feel about the economy? Oi, ref! Ref! Are you blind, ref? What now? Yeah, I'm a bit worried about it, but I don't fully understand the issue. For f- sake, Jimmy, kick the f- in the air! Man or ball, either will do! Ref! Ref! Okay, I'll vote for you now, Petal. Please leave me alone. Offside! Ref! That, that is what Sarah Palin would hear were she to ask someone on the touchline of a kid's football match about the economy. She, she did use uh, an extremely, let, let's say, irritatingly folksy style, Andy, using expressions like, doggone it, and saying at one point, oh, say it ain't so, Joe. <laughs> she wasn't just like a folksy candidate, she was more like a folksy child. In fact, I'll only take folksiness like that from a candidate if they're a candidate from the 1920s. <laughs> at one point she said of oil company CEOs, bless their hearts. What hearts, Andy? <laughs> what hearts is she referring to? The ornate, rusty cages in their chest cavities that house long-dead canaries. <laughs> Did she mean those? <laughs> I'm nauseated even repeating this. <laughs> Joe Sixpacks and hockey bombs across the country uh, that they needed to say never again to Wall Street chiefs. So it's no from Palin to another economic holocaust. Oh, what, a lovely, what a lovely reference to bring up. <laughs> There's been all this talk about Sarah Palin being a historic candidate, but uh, it seems like the anti-moon landing. It feels like one small step back for man, a giant leap backwards for mankind. (laughs) Also, she uh, kept banging on about uh, John McCain being a maverick, which, uh, is that necessarily a quality that America seeks in its presidents? I think perhaps she'd been watching too many films, perhaps those cop films where they're mavericks but they get results... Or perhaps even Tom Cruise in Top Gun uh, as Maverick. And he really flew on instinct and wasn't really concerned about the mechanical aspect of how the aircraft works. Which, to me, would mark him out as a dodgy president to have. Although I would want Kelly McGillis as my first lady. But he wasn't really what you call bipartisan. I mean, you think about <laughs> the atmosphere in that changing room with Iceman. It was, you know, it was either angry or extremely homoerotic. And possibly both. <laughs> That's kind of like uh, George Bush's relationship with Ahmadinejad. <laughs> It's true. It's true. They've both got oil chests. She also played the I'm not a politician card pretty hard and pretty often, almost like she had a whole pack of those cards and not many (laughs) other cards. I don't really understand this uh, desire to have someone like you representing you in politics. That seems to be her appeal. Because, you know, when I look at politicians, Sean, I want someone who is completely unlike me. I want someone who is cleverer, better informed, more highly motivated, less prone to be distracted by finding a new sport to watch on television, who doesn't fall asleep on the sofa in the afternoon, who doesn't take Tuesday afternoons off to play football, who knows what he's doing, and who doesn't have a congenital inability to take things seriously. I want someone the polar opposite of me in politics. I want not to be able to relate to them on any level. She also quoted Joe Biden at one point uh, when he said that we are raping our oceans. 
Um, and presumably she wanted the Oceans to pay for their own rape kit. <laughs> but let's be fair, Andy, because Biden was not without gaffes himself. In fact, he hasn't been sans gaffe for decades. At one point, my favourite one was he referred to Bosnians as Bosniaks. <laughs> now, I think they'd rather be called Bosniaks. It sounds a lot more like them. It's like a mixture between a Bosnian and a maniac. <laughs> is that not actually a proper term? No. Are you Bos- serious? Yeah, it is. Bosniaks. A South is Slavic that, people they... living mainly in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Bosniaks? Yeah. I-, I think we've been missing out by calling them Bosnians for so long. <laughs> That's it. Bosnians are dead to me now. <laughs> They're all Bosniaks. Uh, I was quite intrigued by Joe Biden. I've not seen much of him uh, before. What really caught my eye was, uh, at about 45 minutes into the debates, a sudden protestation of love for John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> when he said, John McCain has be de- been dead wrong, I love him, and then all of a sudden kind of changed, as my mother would say, God, God love him, but he's been dead wrong. And it just seems a little too honest, John. I mean, it seems, you know, he's kind of semi-scripted these things. You often feel they're not really speaking from the heart, but that just slipped out. That seemed to me... He- the closest we got to truth. He nearly pronounced him dead at one point. What he started to say, saying, "If John McCain were here right now, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh God, is she running for president? Oh God!" Uh, can you just remind me, John? Uh, where is Sarah Palin governor of Alaska, Andy? No, tell me yourself, John. You must know. I mean, come on. There's no need to ask her. Talk me through how you're feeling about yourself at the moment, Andy. <laughs> It's just the kind of in- wow, instinctive emotions that are flooding it's through got now. this warmth emanating from the very <laughs> core of my comedic being. Are you sure that's a warmth and not a burning? <laughs> that was another top story. Thanks for listening. Now pop over to the mothership and listen to the last Bugle podcast. It's like top stories, but it's longer and newer, but it was a week or two ago now. So what are you doing if you've not listened to it yet? Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.